Hey, welcome back to the I Hope Hit Podcast. We're really, really excited that you're here because this is indeed a special episode. It's the special Russian invasion episode, a threesome for peace. I added the subtitle, as you can well imagine. So my mom and I were lamenting the fact that uh, um, because we had pre-recorded the entirety of season two while she was here visiting uh, my kids and I for Christmas here in San Francisco, um, that 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 we were missing out on the ability to comment on current events. I mean, we are like what 15, 16 days into the invasion of Ukraine uh, by uh, by Russian troops, and uh, because of Cuba's history with Russia and Russia's outsized influence on on on. Uh, um, U.S. Cuba geopolitics and and uh, the development of the Communist Party um, um, in in Cuba, um, as to say nothing of Cuba's dalliance with the Chinese after the dissolution of the Russian Empire uh, during the special period and after well after the special period, um, 1991 to 2000. Um, I just thought it would be kind of cool to have um, some perspective from Rita on on Russia and Cuba as she experienced it and as she knew of it. Um, living in Miami uh, during um, her exile, which persists to this day. So, um, without further ado, oh, and also, lest I forget, 62 people uh, since season two has started um, have written into us, not complaining, but but really kind of uh, uh, d- demanding, clamoring for a return uh, of the baby making segment. Something that we had done away with for this season because I had promised my mom that I'd turn over a new, far more respectful leaf. So uh, we're blowing it out. We're bringing back the baby uh, making segment, uh, but we're going to do it um, special episode style, Russian invasion style, if you will, to satisfy those 62 of you who are demanding that Rita make some hard choices. So she's going to choose. She will be forced to choose toward the end of this episode um, between uh, Chinese President. Uh, Um, president of the People's Republic of China, uh, Xi Jinping, or the president of Russia, our strongman du jour, Vladimir Putin. And to make it a little bit more ribald, if you will, and to kind of blow it out because it's the first time we're going to have baby making during this second season. We're not going to make a baby. We're going to have a threesome for peace. So we're going to involve a member of Joe Biden's current uh, cabinet as a third Um, participant, if you will, in this peace threesome. So I'll leave that there right now. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just go back to season one toward the tail end of the season where we had the baby making playoffs or the tail end of any of those previous episodes, one through like nine, and you'll know soon enough. Um, there's nothing greater than having your 90-year-old mom make those kinds of hard choices. All right, without further ado, here's Rita uh, talking about Russia, talking about Cuba, and uh, making some hard choices for the sake of peace. We're glad you're here. Here I am. Okay. Excellent. It's so good to have you back in real time. Can you hear time. me? Can you yeah. hear me? I can hear you exceptionally well. You can hear okay. me okay? Yes, yes. All right. So we're back to the old school by phone podcasting in real time. And what I mean by in real time, even though season two was you know, gloriously pre-recorded while you were here visiting for uh, the holidays back in December. Um, you know, we 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 sacrificed um, staying with the times as they evolve. In other words, the, the situation in Ukraine right now with the Russian invasion, for example, had yeah, we not yeah. to. 
Yeah, it right. was yours. We did yours memories and my life practically. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, and also, I don't know. I think the uh, this actual phone recording is uh, clearer. You think? Well, I haven't put on my 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 earphones. That's something else. But your earphones okay. or your hearing aids? No, my earphones and my hearing aids. I'm not wearing anything. Okay. 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 So you're like totally en natural. Yeah. But you are wearing clothing. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, very good. All right, Mama. Well, let's talk about what's going on in um, in the Ukraine right now with the Russian invasion. Let's talk about Putin. Let's talk about Venezuela. Let's talk about Russia and Cuba's um, commingled histories, especially um, with uh, with the rise of Fidel Castro pre and then post revolution, etc. And that relationship. Well, we we spoke before the revolution. I told you all about uh, what's his name. You told us about the three names, the man with the three names, the history of communism in yeah, Cuba. Yeah, Fabio Grobart and all that, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. Peña and exactly. Mella in the university. All that's that. right, that's right. So listeners, if you want to go back and re-listen to season one, I cannot recall which, ex- it's the communism episode. Uh, you'll see it. It's the one with the picture of the, the, the sickle and that uh, other uh, communist Russia um, iconographic uh, graphic, if you will, Um, but if you want. But let's talk about Russia um, in terms of what's going on today. But but first, can you tell the listeners a little bit about how Castro aligned himself with with Russia before he actually took over, when he was raising money and then afterwards? He was well, Raul, everybody knew that he was a member of the Communist Party, his younger brother. Right, his younger brother. Uh, Castro always denied it, but Castro was a gangster in the university. Mom, you say that, you you throw that word around, a gangster. Was he a student also? (laughs) Yeah, a student also, but, you know, there was a a, a group of students in the university that were always causing trouble and... uh, Well, that's a rumor, right? I mean, it was never substantiated. He never went to court. Nobody ever pressed charges against no, him. No, of course not. Of course. Okay, so so would you would you be willing they to press grant charges a- when he had the twenty sixth of July? Uh, they attacked well, the Cuartel Moncada in Oriente. Well, no, the Moncada, that, that he attacked a barracks, a government barracks, you know, he, they, that was that was an attempted overthrow. No, no, I'm talking about when he was at school, would, would it not be better to describe him as a student activist or agitator? Agitator is more than activist. Okay, because gangster, <laughs> gangster is just them. a bit there strong. There were a lot of them in the of university, course. Jorge. Well, there were a it lot of problems. Terrible. You saw the University of Havana, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I did. We we walked around, you saw, saw the, the stairs. Yeah. You saw the staircase. Yeah. The, the I don't know how many steps it's there, but it's high. Mm-hmm. It's like the Capitol or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I saw it. I once remember uh, in those days, mm-hmm. uh, before Castro, long before Castro, but he was already a student at the university, but I didn't know that then. But I mean, it was in the 50s, I think it was. Uh, no, the 40s. I started working in 48, yeah, 48, 49. You paid uh, to go to Marianao, for example, that you had to cross the river. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you went across the river from Vedado and you were going to Marianao, they raised the fare one penny to cross mm-hmm. the river. Right. Okay. So the students at the university say, let's boycott the penny. 
let's get a hold of all the pennies we can and get a, get all the pennies so that there's no pennies in circulation, blah, blah, blah. Okay. But it didn't work. It, it was impossible to take all the pennies out of circulation. So what did he do? They kidnapped a driver with his bus and everything. They took the bus, mm -hmm. the university in the back. It, it was high on a hill, but then on the back, it was flat, no? So they brought the, the bus to the top of the steps and they threw it down. They pushed it down as a protest for the penny. Well, mom, it's, but students do that all the time. Yeah, that yeah. Kind of then thing, when we first started having uh, meters, mm -hmm. parking meters, right, right. They went on a rampage and they broke all the meters at night. They cut them off. Awful. They were against I, everything, you know. Well, I know, Mom, but that—that's the nature of 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 activism at that particular age. And then, okay, in, Fidel, in, Fidel yeah. was a student in the university, right? And apparently, he was already involved involved with Fabio or something because they sent him. Bobart, the Bogotá, communist guy. Uh -huh. to there they was. Sent, a, they there sent was Fidel while he was a. While he was a student, Fidel was sent by the Communist Party to Bogota, Colombia. For what reason? Apparently, because they were expecting disruptions there, because they were going to have uh, elections. Mm -hmm. And this very popular guy was running, and mm -hmm. uh, uh, what was his name? Esto fue el Bogotazo. Se llamaba el Bogotazo. El Bogotazo. That's el Bogotazo. like the, it was the a, a coup Bogotá, uh, to kill this man. It was a conspiracy in Colombia to kill this man so that he couldn't to, run. Okay, so question. And Fidel uh, was there. Okay, so Fidel was there to disrupt an election. To demonstrate with the students in Colombia. Okay, okay. So, but uh, was the United States involved in that? Did the United States have a, have a favorite candidate at that at that time in Bogota, I Colombia? Don't think so. They were not. You know, we had uh, times when the United States didn't care about anything going down south of the United States. Mom, but that is so. They cared about that's, Cuba. They cared about Cuba in a way because there were a lot of American companies in Cuba. Sure. No. No. No, we had we, we had financial concerns so right no had, mom the the, the organized people. organized crime families had business there so that's um, afterwards what, the no, crime but, families came in the 50s no they were there in the 40s mom as early as the 1940s the, but look the, the the bottom line is there was there were a lot of financial interests there there was a proximity factor but the fact is that the united states and the cia in particular was disrupting governments and um and yeah, and, and, and advocating for they were involved in some things in guatemala yeah right in guatemala yeah. in nicaragua in chile in uruguay i mean you know the list goes on and on mom so i don't know at what point they were involved in the colombia thing i don't remember right. i'm sure so but I we can probably that yeah. fidel and what another one that was with him Mm -hmm. which later on seeked asylum here, but he was, uh, he used to be, afterwards he became uh, head of the Air Force for Fidel after they won. Right. But they were together there in Colombia and they were taken prisoners and the ambassador, the Cuban ambassador in, in Bogota had to plead for them and they were allowed to come out and they brought him back to Cuba. How but much time? How, then how, he was a communist. So he was a communist. How much? But he never acknowledged it until the 1960-61. Okay, so until when 61. When he says, "I am a communist. I have always been a communist, and will always be a communist." So he did acknowledge it. At what point, either before or after, he came down from the mountains, took over Cuba, declared victory, Batista left. At what point did 
the Russians become involved in terms of oh, right transporting? Away, right away, right away, because I was, uh, he came over 1959. I started working for Julio Lobo in April of 1959 because they took over the Fidelistas took over all the private banks and everything. Right, right, right. They nationalized. Okay, so I started working for Julio in uh, April of 59. In New York City? No, no, in Cuba, in Cuba. Okay, so you were there in Cuba. I transferred me to New York in 1960 when I asked him to transfer me. Okay. But I remember that shortly after that, in 1959, maybe it was August or September, Mm -hmm. they had... uh, Russia sent a big exposition of Russian products. So they were already, you know, we're going to take care of you. You do business with us, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And I remember uh, Maria Luisa Lobo, Julio's youngest daughter, who was always a free spirit and a little loquita. Julia Lobo, by the way, to the listeners, that was my mother's boss. He was a, um, uh, he was a sugar baron, basically. Yeah, he, he owned 13 sugar mills. He owned uh, a bank. He owned uh, a shipping company, Naviera Bacuba. All right. So he was, he was big time. He was so he's a multimillionaire. So and it, was it his sister or his daughter who was the free spirit? Uh, the youngest one, Lopita Siempre. The youngest the daughter one or the, sister? The oldest one became uh-huh. an English teacher here in exile. The uh-huh. oldest one was always very... Daughter or sister? Daughters. They had two daughters. Okay, so the youngest daughters. one... Okay, so what did the, the youngest one do? Did she go to Russia or something? Did she buy furs? What What are you going to say? Well, no. He. She wanted to go see the exhibition, but she didn't want to go by herself. She said, Rita, will you go with me? I said, yeah, I will go with you, Maria Luisa. And it was in the in the... National Museum. They All had right. taken there you over. Go. So then what? we went there. Mm-hmm. The first thing in the uh, lobby, they mm-hmm. had movies on the walls of the children with their uniforms playing in the schools in Russia, and everybody was happy. Everybody was laughing. And Maria Luisa said, "Did you see how happy these children were? Mm-hmm. Oh, everybody seems so happy." And I said, "Of course, Maria Luisa. They're happy. They don't know anything else." Well, plus it's a propaganda film, Mom. I, exactly. The same thing. But those children mm-hmm. were born. It's like the the were born in that uh, in in the communist co- country. They were born under the communists. They were right. they never knew the Tsars or anything. Uh, that those uh, those things. They were children, young children in the fifties. So right. they were very happy in the schools and everything. So then we go to see the exhibition. Mm-hmm. And the products were so bad you know there was that's hilarious i was going to ask you about surgical surgical products surgical products what else anything for like the common person like uh were there foods it's surgical products for Mm -hmm. hospitals hospital beds Uh uh, surgery equipment Mm -hmm. we had very good american-made no no uh, well uh, no no no, of course of course so so what else what else was there what else was there Surgical products. Was there any food, anything that the average person well, in Cuba would enjoy? And then after that, they started selling us uh, canned canned meats and all that. They, I never yes. ate them, but they say they were awful. But the only thing that was worth looking at was the exhibitions of furs. The furs, the fur coats. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, like you're going to need a fur coat in Cuba, you know, with the humidity exactly. and the weather. Right? Okay. That, maybe right. the handiwork was not as 
you know, as if it were by Yves Saint Laurent or something like that. But right. the first one, <laughs> that's the only thing I do remember. I said, well, All this right. is good, okay? All right, so, so look, so... Maria so, Luisa, that's propaganda. That's propaganda. Right. Go so when, when, when did the writing hit the wall, really, really and truly hit the wall? How soon, in your, it's, to the best of your knowledge, when did the missiles arrive? When did Khrushchev bring missiles to Cuba? Oh, the, the missiles were in 60. I, was, I left on 60. They started building the, the bases. And also they had the, the Lourdes, Lourdes uh, station to overhear communications. You know, who they, had, who they, is they, they? Were, they were eavesdropping and everything. Who is they? Who is they? The Russians. They had the Lourdes, the Lourdes station to, to intercept communications and uh -huh. listen to everything. It, it was a hearing station or whatever. Right. Nothing like we have now because right. there were no satellites. There were nothing like that. But there were satellite images of the, of, the, in, uh, of the missile bases being built, though. When the base and all that, the uh, the missiles, it was 62. But then first we had the Bay of Pigs, which was in 61. In 61. After that, Fidel broke relations. And that's when he said that he was a, a communist and blah, blah, blah. The embassy right. left. Everybody left. But so I the missiles, the missile crisis happened after the Bay of Pigs, is what you're saying? Hmm? The Cuban Missile Crisis, as yeah, it is commonly known. Yeah, was in 1962. Okay, so about a year, a year and a half after. October, October 1962. I was working for the University of Miami School of Education. Right, no, I know. But, and but, uh, I remember that all the, the students that were from out of uh, state, they left overnight. Right. Because the Americans were sure they were going to... To attack us, and I, I remember going so, to the, the I, I had lunch at the professor's lounge. We all sat there. I because I worked for the uh, dean of education, uh -huh. and everybody was horrified. One lady who worked with us didn't even call. She took her car and drove and called from Tennessee. Uh, two days later, to say that's Well, it, it was it was it was quite the scare. But mom, why did Kennedy? And I left. I, I I remember that I told the people there, the the professors and everything. I said that he won't fire a missile. They won't, because he knows if he fires a missile, that's the end of Cuba. United States wasn't wasn't to sit there and not retaliate. Then they would do something. They're trying to scare us. They won't do it. Oh, no, this is war. I said, no. And if, if that's what they who were doing. They were never because they who had, Kennedy. Who, had, who had authority over the missiles? Castro? The Russians, the Russians. The Russians, of course. So the Russians controlled the football. But the Russians reached an agreement with mm -hmm. Kennedy. Well, no, we know that. Khrushchev and Kennedy, what did Kennedy give up for the sake of world peace? And they the, made a promise that they would never help or invade Cuba, that the United States would never allow another invasion, blah, blah, blah. That's the only thing they did. That's Supposedly, it. they were, they took the missiles out. Mm -hmm. At least they, the ships had tarps covering things, but we don't know actually if they took them back or not, or who, who knows. Why didn't Kennedy send in air support or any other actual military support during the Bay of Pigs invasion the year prior to the Cuban Missile Crisis? Was once, he... the, once, the, uh, once the invasion was on land, right. 
they didn't do a darn thing. They no, I know that, Mom. Program. I know, but they but didn't. but the 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 brigada was told that the American armed forces, the Air Force in particular, was going to send reinforcements and support. No, them. the Air Force was going to cover the operation, the landing, right. and everything, and they gave orders that that the, that the planes don't leave. But two planes left. Those two Americans. And what and happened to those planes? They were they were they were shot down and they died. And Fidel had held their bodies hostage for years. I remember one of them. Her, his daughter was a reporter for the um, Miami Herald. Later, mm -hmm. because when that happened, she was a little girl, and she finally was able to have her father's remains returned to her. Jesus, bury them. It was awful. Well, look, the thing is. I mean, from Cuba's position, the proximity to the United States, to this imperialistic, acquisitive, interfering nation, um, world power, you know, was such that they felt that it was in their best interest to align with another, a competing the world power. Thing is, the thing is, listen, to protect their sovereignty. Cuba was born with the Amienda Plat. Did you With read what? about that in the in the, the what? Enmienda Plat in the Constitution? What? Oh, what you didn't it? read that in the no, uh, e, no, no, in the history of Cuba. Enmienda Plat. 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 Uh, Senator Plat added an amendment to, uh, and it was in the uh, Constitution of the of Cuba uh -huh. that if at any time the United States should find that its interests were at risk in the island, is there right. were any revolution or something, they would intervene. Well, that was the first constitution. The first that constitution. And finally, it, it, it and it was there until after the Machado revolution. Finally, well, yeah, but it, 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 was, it was gone by the time Castro took power. Of it was course, no longer course, a part of the constitution. I'm explaining to you the hate. The uh, thing, because they felt that the United States always wanted to take over Cuba. Well, it's kind of true, Mom. Exactly. It's... So they were raised with that, with that <laughs> right, thing. Right, you know? sure, sure. So with that specter. That, that, yeah. that, okay. And then when the sugar industry went up and everything, the United States gave uh, special, paid special rates to the Cuban and the Dominican Republic sugar. They paid us more than they paid other countries. It was sort of a subsidy. And of course, many of the sugar mills were owned by American companies also. So uh, it was, they they were some of these people and the, the communists that were there. And also uh, there was an era, an epoch, cuando the, uh, I also said that in the first, uh, are you there? Yes. And the first uh, season, Russia had la, ter la Internacional, La Tercera Internacional. Russia had plans to go and establish, they wanted to establish communist governments all over the world, La Tercera Internacional Comunista. Well, sure, sure. So they but, had but, their plans for Cuba. Yeah. yeah. And intellectuals also, and newspaper people like Sergio Carbo, they used to call Russia Madrecita Rusia. Well, it's the mother country. And, and look, it's kind of what is happening now. It's something of a refracted reflection of the old Russia, the old mother Russia wanting her babies back. Yes. Um, 
which is what, you know, Putin is doing now, you know, except Listen, that it's not necessarily for Russia, have, but it's for oye, Putin. Oye, 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 oye. Do you yes. think that Putin might be having some sort of uh, early dementia? No, I do not. I think he's a very, very sharp, sharp and ruthless, ruthless megalomaniac. I don't you think don't it's dementia at all. No, no, he cannot stand the fact that something the, the westernization, the westernization and the independence of Ukraine. East, yeah, of, 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 of Eastern well, Europe. Yeah. Well, of Eastern Europe and the former members of the Soviet Soviet mm -hmm. Union, mm -hmm. these countries. I mean, it's it's a matter of weird neurotic pride and acquisitiveness and ownership for him, territorialism. He wants to restore what is no longer likely, um, yep. which is which is, you know, basically and he also wants the breadbasket. He wants the wheat, he wants the farm, he wants the natural resources, he yeah. wants the trade. You know, the latest is that he'll 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 stop the war if they if if uh, the Ukraine cedes three territories, um, you know, so it, it's insanity. It's insanity. But, um, you know, he, not he insane. well, I, I, I don't. Mom, if anybody's dementia, let's talk about Joe Biden. <laughs> let's talk. Let's talk about, you know, if you, if you want to talk about mental. Oh, Joe Biden might be senile, but not right. dementia. <laughs> Right, right. And, and Donald Trump and Donald Trump is, is is more along the lines of Putin, except certainly a lot more bombastic. And, um, you know, at least Putin has a doctorate, for goodness sakes, and a black belt in judo. I don't believe Donald Trump has <laughs> has has any 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 kind of achievements to his name, any similar or other achievements to his name. So, um, you know, it's unfortunate. I, I, I looked at Putin's history. He didn't join the KGB until 1975. So he yeah. kind of missed out on, on the Cuba fund and his. His primary yeah. service time was in East Europe, in, in East Germany, in Dresden, where he uh, his cover uh, was as a translator. He worked as a translator there, but really he was a member of the KGB. So he missed out on all of that. Yeah. Um, and but around that time, or actually Cuba's presence in Cuba was was significant up until the special period, up until the demise of the Soviet Union. So from 19, 1991 till about 2000 is what is yeah. known as the special period. Can you yeah. tell us a little bit about that special period? Before the special period, uh -huh. let me tell you something. Yeah. In Cuba, there were poor people, there were middle class. We had a very strong middle class, which many uh, countries in Central America didn't have. They st still didn't, don't have it, many of them. We right. were, because of our proximity to the United States or wherever, we had a strong middle class. But we never, and we had, we were self-sufficient. We, I, I never had to stand in line to buy bread, to buy anything. Right. The only thing during the war, the Second World War, which I remember distinctly because I was in my teens, uh, sometimes we didn't have, if you went to buy some, you wanted sirloin, let's say, or ribeye. Mm -hmm. We were out. Yeah, but mom, that 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 was hemispheric. That was we were sending meat to the yeah, United that, States. That, that was hemispheric. Listen, let's do something but right I now. I didn't let's have take... to stand in line. Never. Yeah. Right. The okay. But but mom, but mom, that doesn't take away from the fact that your your government and your country was corrupt as hell. All right. That's that that. That's something that, else. That, that is something you. else. That is something else. But my point is that there was a reason why Castro was able to assume power, that there was a reason for the revolution. And if and you I look at the history, first, listen, if you... in, my first, uh, in my first season, I told you because I one of the guys which 
came what? over with Fidel in that first visit to the United States, right. that he stayed in the Hotel Teresa. Right. He had his orders to the Minister of uh, Economy, which was uh, Sepero Bonilla. I remember mm -hmm. the name now. Sepero Bonilla had instructions to listen to everything, but don't accept a penny from the United States. He came mm -hmm. here just to, you know, to, to let the people, because I remember he stayed in a hotel in Harlem and all that, you know, mm -hmm. the hero, because the 26th of July had a big organization here uh, uh, collecting money and everything okay. for, the, so for, the, for the conspiracy. Yeah. So they were well financed and everything. So he came here and sort of to let the American people see them, but he didn't want anything. Right. Because he had his plans. He figured. Well, no, of mom, of course. Who would? Why would you accept money from the United States when you are when they are the very opposite of everything that you stand for? Exactly. Let's take. Exactly. Listen. Let's let's take a break right now. We're going to take a commercial break, and after the break, we're going to come back. We're going to talk about. Russia and the move uh, to China. And then we're going to ask you a question, Rita, because we need to save the world before uh, we, we go any further along the path toward World War III. So we're going to take a break right okay. now. Listeners will be right back. Okay, dear. Okay. Welcome back, everybody. Um, so Russia was heavily involved in the economy, in the life of, of Cuba, if you will, geopolitically for many years until the dissolution um, of the Soviet, Soviet Union, Union in, the, in the early 90s. 1991, and, yeah. I think. Um, yeah. And then around 2000, during Putin's first term, he had long since, um, he had been mentored by the, by the mayor of St. Petersburg, I believe was his mentor in the government, but he assumed his first term as president in 2000, in the early 2000s, and things between Cuba um, and Russia improved you know the things is it, economically speaking during putin's first two terms his economy grew by like 37 38 percent things were were rocking you know and it seemed like he was in early days of what he wants to achieve now um uh, russia's return to relevancy and russia yeah relevancy and and power in terms of influence because their economy blows their economy i mean the economy of texas and california california alone is like the fifth or the sixth, depending on the time of year, largest economy in the world. I mean, Russia is like, you know, Russia's crap. But what they... What, what, they, year, what year did you go to Cuba? 2000 what? Uh, first time, 2010, mom. Yes. 2010. But, yeah, but and then, I saw there was nothing there. there. It was all Chinese. It was all Chinese. Exactly. Was, yeah, what happened? And, I don't know. Well, well, we call we call it the rise of China. And we call it uh, Xi Jinping's, um, you know, his his vision of the world. To because fund... you saw, you told me that the oh, Russian yeah. compound yeah, was... It, it wasn't a compound. It was this weird, was concrete, penis-looking thing. It was barren. It was barbed wire. It was all shut. But what, what, what I was stunned by was the number of Chinese all over the island and yeah. all over downtown Havana and in tour buses and stuff. It was as significant as it was in the United Arab Emirates when I traveled the Middle East in Saudi Arabia as well. The Chinese are everywhere, which yeah. brings me to, to, to um, what I, I, you know, I, that Ezra Klein podcast with um, Farid Zachariah yes. talking about finding a way to end the conflict in the Ukraine and to sideline the Russians. And, you know, Zachariah is of the persuasion where he thinks that America needs to make some tough choices. For example, lessen 
or remove the sanctions on Venezuela and Venezuela during the special period, that's when they became the big time trading partner of Cuba as Cuba, you know, looked to somebody else. And Venezuela also used to send uh, oil to Cuba. Now Venezuela started sending oil to Cuba. Oil to yeah. Cuba. Well, we have sanctioned the crap out of Venezuela. Yes. Um, and it might be time to reconsider those sanctions. It might also be time to reconsider some of the sanctions that we have on Russia if it would mean a ceasefire, if it would mean some semblance of control. But then Zachariah and listeners, if you haven't heard it, Ezra Klein has a great he's a New York Times columnist and podcaster. And uh, it's the Fareed Zachariah uh, podcast from last Thursday. I think that was uh, March 4th or last mm -hmm. Friday. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, basically he's saying that, you know, Americans got to make a choice here. Um, we got to make some tough choices, but it is possible. It is possible to drive a wedge between China and Russia. That's because, the only solution. Yes. Yeah. yes All right. Yes. So I want to propose China, China mm -hmm. has profited from the peace around the world significantly well they are a superpower and so is the united states russia is not a superpower russia no. is a, a, a nuclear capable highly militarized disruptor if anything exactly. if anything you know their their superpower if you will is disruption you know as as and 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 this bloated military which may or may not be effectual given the resistance that they're facing right now no, and yeah. give Read yeah. Thomas Friedman also. Of course, I read Thomas Friedman. They, they, we feel, we feel, and I think it, it has makes sense. I do know that the Chinese guy hasn't spoken too much. I've seen so no. he started. has he's been very, totally like, radio silent. Chi Chi Pen. So he's waiting to see what happens. But before mm -hmm. that, in the uh, when the Olympics started, he shaked hands. They said they had reached an agreement. Blah blah, but now the the Chinese, I'm sure, is not happy with what is happening. No, no, certainly. So he might, if he, because people thought China said, okay, now I go over and take Taiwan, and you know, Taiwan has an uh, an agreement or with the United States, a long, long-standing agreement that if somebody tries tries to touch Taiwan, the United States would get yes. involved. Yes. Which and, I and, I don't and, think they would do it. Well, Mom, I, I, I don't know. If, if, if the Ukraine is any indication, they would not. Exactly. They would not. Conservatives, all the hawkish people, well, all the jingoists and nationalists. Why should China want to take Taiwan? Leave them be. So no, Mom, 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 Mom. It goes back centuries, and it goes back to Chiang Kai-shek. It goes back know, to the, to the beginnings of... I remember Chiang Kai-shek, my dear. Right. I remember Chiang Kai-shek. Well, yeah, no, I'm just saying China considers Taiwan... Yeah, it China. used to be. It used Russia, to be China. Okay. Russia has considered Ukraine... Russian, you know, yeah. it goes back centuries. It's not even recent, yeah, you know. Yeah. It's not even recent. Okay. They're all, you know. China could uh, tell Putin something and try to, because and China has this this huge border. Sure, with Russia. With Russia. I mean, there, there, there are there are, there are there are years, years, yeah. decades of, of of skirmishes and squabbles at that border. Of course they yes. could do something. Um, but, you know, but it, it is in the United States' best interest to drive a wedge between those two sooner than later to try to neutralize what's going on now, which is good for no one. So it brings me to this during this special Putin edition of the I Jorge podcast. I want you, mom, to take one for the team. I want you to bring about world peace. So the scenario is this, my dear. I want you to choose who 
would you have relations with? And notice how respectful I am trying to be. I'm not being graphic. I'm not being uh, uh, crude or anything like that. I'm simply saying, who would you have relations? And I mean them biblical, not diplomatic relations with Xi Jinping, the current uh, president of the People's Republic of China, former secretary of the Communist Party, and current, current um, chairman of the military committee since 2012. He's like Putin. He, he occupies a couple different offices. Okay. Xi Jinping or Vladimir Putin himself. But there's, oh, wait. A, problem. there's a problem. Now what we, is the problem? Are, we are in 2000 and uh, 2000. Yeah. This is not like you're telling me you are 29 years old. You're going oh, no. to have no, uh, no, you're not making a baby. You are not making a baby, Mom. It's we are going to have a straight time. up. I'm not making a baby, no. No, you are not making a baby. You're taking one for the team. You're going to have relations. But wait. Would, you, would huh? you think that either of them would look at a 90-year-old woman? No, they are forced to do it as well. Here, oh. the, 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 the context is this, that this, this, this situation has to take place for the sake of world peace. Everybody has to agree. Since we're speculating that, you know, we're not, not speculating, since we're fantasizing that this is actually going to happen, we can also extend the fantasy to their, their complicitness or their complicity in, in this arrangement. So you're going to have to pick one. But the problem, it's not the problem. There's going to be a third person in the room. So this is going to be a threesome for the sake of world peace, Mom. And that oh. third person is none other than Pete Buttigieg, because we oh, want some we want somebody around the age of 40 in the room. We can't have you. We can't have Biden involved because he might die. Putin, no, no, no. Putin, at least with his black belt in judo and his shirtless horse riding excursions, we know he's in relatively good shape. And she's looking pretty good. He's got a full head of hair. He's got his teeth. He's looking. <laughs> he's looking OK. He's spry. Mom, you are 90 years old, woman. You are 90 years old. So. I want you to pick between the two men, and then we're going to join that choice with Buttigieg. And and Buttigieg does offer you certain advantages. I will have you know. If Do you Buttigieg know why? Won. If Buttigieg what? That Buttigieg presents you, Rita, this this person in this threesome for world peace um, with some advantages. Do you know what the principal advantage of having Buttigieg instead of Biden be involved in your threesome? Oh, okay. Yes, yes, yes. Physical, physical. It would be a physical thing. Well, no, physical, sexual. This is no disrespect to Budishek, please. No, no, no. I, mean, I, I very couple... much like him and admire right. him and... Uh... Listen, we're, cast, we're, person, so. we're casting him as the as the uh, he's not a pushy bottom. I don't know. We're casting him as the uh, el gallo, if you will, the the cock or the young the young buck in the equation. Right. It's going to be Buttigieg, a 90 year old woman who happens to be my mother and the star of this I Jorge podcast and <laughs> either either chief. And supposedly Jinping we are or going Vladimir to Putin. bring about. Listen, supposedly by my choice we should bring about peace everything will stop in the ukraine russia will return will pull out all of its troops if this threesome actually happens so the the balance of world peace mom is why partially would in russia your hands. do it if i pick the chinese guy pardon why would russia do that if i pick the chinese guy i think putin would be shamed i think putin would be shamed if you didn't pick him uh-huh but it really doesn't matter who you pick, Mom. We're having fun here. So go ahead and let's pick. And then we'll talk about Buttigieg. And we'll I, will pick, I will pick the Chinese guy. Why? 
Why would you pick Xi Jinping? Well, I don't know. I have nothing culturally in common with either of them, but I guess he's been able to to grow a capitalist system in a communist country. Right. So <laughs> well, he, the guy, the guy or his system or whatever has worked. So you know, by the way, that that there is a quote attributed to Vladimir Putin before he became the president of Russia for the first time in 1999. He did say that communism is a blind alley far away from mainstream civilization. That quote is attributed to Putin himself. So, I mean, look, it's an oligarchy. It's really kind of an oligarchy, and it's the same thing in China. So, okay, so you would pick Xi Jinping because of his ability to have created something akin to capitalism within a communist structure. Exactly. exactly. And you're not going to pick him because of his full head of hair and dashing good looks? No, no, it's okay. It's okay. And you're, but you're not going to have, but but come on, Putin is a, is more of a man's man, would you not say? Appearing shirtless, the black belt he, in he, judo? He, he is ruthless. I don't think, uh, I don't know. He Look at his eyes. Okay, okay. So they are a little close set, but mom, okay. But what, okay. Now, what about poor Pete Buttigieg? Now, you know, Pete Buttigieg is going to take a lot of heat off of you during the threesome month, you know, because he's going to be like, he's not going to be, I'm sorry, mom, listen, Pete Buttigieg is not that into you. He's not going to be into you, right? He's going to be into the dude, right? Okay. All right. So are you going to be okay with Buttigieg and, 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 and Xi Jinping? Yes, you know? more than, more than with Putin. Yeah. All right. Would it give you any, you know, the, any... Chinese, the Chinese guy has <laughs> succeeded without uh, trying to take over any other country. All right. What he is trying to do. All right. We'll put aside Nepal. We'll put aside, you know, the treatment of the Uyghurs. We'll he, put was that not aside. There. he was not there. That wasn't shipping. It was well, now, but, but his, his form of takeover, Mom, is more political and it's more financial. Right. Mm-hmm. He's got he's got financial ties to countries all over the world. He all is supporting. Exactly, right. exactly. So, so you find that admirable. And and it, does that does that pique your sexual interest in him over the, the sheer raw masculinity of Putin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn, mom. All right. You're cold. You are ice cold. So that's it. So for the sake of world peace, dear listeners, Rita, you have made your choice. It's going to be you, Pete Buttigieg. And the Chinese president of the the, the yes, president yes. of the People's Republic of China since chosen 2013, by chosen, chosen by Xi. Yes. Xi Jinping. Well, Mom, thank you so much for saving the world. I'm going to get on the phone right now. Um, you're going to. It's not going to happen in Orlando, Florida. You're going to have to travel, so you'll need at least two days rest to deal with the jet lag, and then at least one day to prepare your body for the pummeling. The certain near certain pummeling that will befall you um, between the the the, the Chinese uh, uh, president and uh, the current secretary all of transportation. All, all for peace. All for peace. All for peace. The things we do for I'll peace. Give my life for peace. <laughs> Your life and/or you know certain body for parts. Peace. All right, yeah. mom. Well, listen. Thank you so much. I love you. I love you so much. Thank you for being game and for deciding on having a threesome with the um, with the president of the People's Republic and transportation secretary, transportation secretary Pete Buttigieg, who may or may not talk entirely in Chinese or Russian or French. He speaks nine languages. So I know, I know uh, he does. Yes, he'll keep it. He'll keep it interesting for you, even though his attention won't 
really be, you know, on you. Okay. All right, mom. I love you, chica. Thank you. Okay, you're welcome, dear. All right. <laughs> Hasta mañana, mami. Hasta mañana. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye, Jorge. I haven't said bye, Jorge. <laughs> Okay, bye, mom. Bye. Once again, thank you so much for joining us uh, for this particular special Russian invasion episode. Uh, please be sure to catch up on any episodes that you haven't listened to wherever you stream your podcasts. Um, again, we're I Jorge. We're brought to you by my band, The Cuban Cowboys. Check us out on Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Music, wherever you stream your music. The Cuban Cowboys are there. Uh, follow us wherever you want to follow us um, or visit our website website at cubancowboys.com. We'd love to see you. We'd love to hear from you. Um, keep your wonderful emails coming and your comments coming. Uh, my mom really, really um, appreciates them so much. We'll see you again soon.